Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm your host, Maria Retan, and it's great to be here. I am so glad you could join me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, the topic today is about getting to know your customer, really, really getting to know her. Uh, there are some companies out there that have recently demonstrated they're getting in touch with their feminine side. In fact, traditional male companies are not only noticing women these days, they're getting down to specifics at who they are targeting. Take Toyota, for example. I was reading a little bit from Iconoculture the other day. Iconoculture, if you don't, aren't aware of them, are a trend spotting group that turn out lots of great data. Toyota is actually capturing the attention of African-American women who are in need of some excitement in their lives. Aren't we all in need of some excitement in our lives? Uh, The car company just launched an episodic web video game called If Looks Could Kill. It sounds a little James Bondish to me. I don't know about you. But it follows Bianca, a fashion designer by day and a spy by night. Now, I think fashion designer sounds pretty exciting. I don't know if Bianca needs any more excitement in her life, but apparently Toyota thinks she does. She's doing all her sleuthing in a Camry. It's interactive, so visitors can use the control set and the Camry's Bluetooth Bluetooth devices. So I thought that was kind of interesting that Bianca, fashion designer and spy, is, is doing all of her work in a Camry. I don't know what that says about the rest of us. I wonder if we can get Bianca's life if we drive a Camry. Anyway, it's not the first time a company has wooed African-American women. Women. In fact, Chrysler and Patti LaBelle, the singer, have teamed up, and Lincoln is pushing its navigator toward the hip-hop community as well. Burrell recently released study results showing that black women buy mid-price sedans, such as Altima's, Accords, and Avengers, and that really makes Camry somewhat of an underling, which is the reason why Toyota is turning up the heat to attract African-American women. Well, um, the Marines, now if that's not the bastion of masculinity, I don't know what is. They are gunning for women, so to speak. According to the New York Times, uh, the Marines normally marketing to men. Uh, this time they're waving the patriotism flag trying to capture women. And in fact, they're putting ads in magazines like Self, Fitness, and American Idol. I don't know. If you watch American Idol and you see a big patriotism ad aimed at women, are you going to sign up? I don't know, but apparently the Marines think that that's a good idea. Suave is going after moms. Now, that's not, that's not anything new. If you are a regular listener to this program, you know that I've talked about Suave as a great example of a company that really knows their target, and they've really aimed dead in the middle for these moms. Um, their websodes 
in the motherhood uh, actually debuted back in 2007, about a year ago. And according to Advertising Age, the show drew 5.5 million viewers, or I guess it would be views, not viewers, during its first season. Now, with moms holding $2.1 trillion in spending power, they're obviously an incredibly powerful segment to woo, and Suave has done a great job at it. If you haven't checked out In the Motherhood, you need to. It's inthemotherhood.com. Great little episodes, and in fact, there's some discussion that these webisodes may actually become um, an actual television show because they're so popular. Well, a hot demo today, we are talking about getting to know your customers. A hot one is the woman who is very environmentally conscious, that more and more of us are becoming hip to Mother Earth and what we can do to support her. Well, the Enviro gal is in her early 20s to early 30s, and they have a moderate income or very environmentally conscious, focused on buying organic, supporting green causes and companies. And, and in fact, um, there's about 4 million of these women, median age of 34, college grads, single, employed part-time, no kids in this demographic that I'm sharing with you today. Median household income is about $54,000. Now, I've already said that they're incredibly responsible toward the environment. These women recycle. They never buy cosmetics tested on animals. They buy products that use recycled paper. And in fact, they will pay more for environmentally friendly products. Now, We've heard that a lot of people say that they want to buy environmentally friendly products but aren't willing to pay for it. Well, not the EnviroGal. She says that she will pay a little bit more for that. They're concerned about social issues. They worry about things like violence and crime, pollution, inequality, things like that. They're passionate about social initiatives, so they're going to be drawn to companies that show that they're trying to give back to the community. They feel like that they can volunteer their time for a good cause. It's important that a company act ethically, and they want to have some control over people and resources. Um, they're intellectually curious, but they do keep up with fashion. Every season, they buy the latest fashion. They're willing to change with the styles, so obviously they're willing to spend a little bit of money, even in this economic downturn. They want to make a statement. They're willing to speak their mind even if it upsets people and they want to do unconventional things to stand out in a crowd. They're ambitious. They are very career focused. And at retail, they're shopping at places like Calvin Klein, Banana, William Sonoma, uh, Liz Claiborne, Ikea, Patagonia, L.L. Bean, and Trader Joe's. They're driving Volkswagen, Kia, Scion, and Volvo. Um, cosmetics, um, you know, they're not unlike a lot of the rest of us. They're buying Clinique, Dove, Olay, L'Oreal, Chanel. And when it comes to designers, Guess, Liz Claiborne, Calvin Klein, and Kenneth Cole top their choices. Media choices. Now, if you're looking to get in front of this woman, she is obviously anywhere a woman would be, reading a lot of magazines like Vanity Fair, W, The Economist, The New Yorker, um, Jane, and Self. They're watching television, a lot of it for pure pleasure and entertainment, things like BBC America, TLC, Bravo, the Discovery Channel, VH1, MTV. They're also watching Grey's Anatomy like everybody else in America and America's Top Model. Now, when it comes to websites, this is where they get a lot of their information, whether it be news on WallStreetJournal.com or USAToday.com, but also they're, they're looking and buying online. Amazon.com, Expedia.com, MySpace, Barnes & Noble, LinkedIn. So there's some social networking sites on there as well. Hopefully there's a demo for every possible person out there. And my guest for this program certainly knows a lot about knowing your customer. 
Katrina McAuliffe is a brand planner by trade and a people person by passion. She spent more than 20 years of experience at understanding consumers, their motives and needs. Katrina has a proven track record of inspiring and measuring communications from design to advertising to public relations on brands such as Harley-Davidson, Maytag, Hasbro, Sherwin-Williams, and Tractor Supply Company. Katrina is going to share today some reasons why knowing your customer, and I mean truly knowing her, can make all the difference to your business. So stick around. Katrina McAuliffe when Purse Strings returns in just a few minutes. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Friend Finder. Friend Finder. The world's largest online dating network featuring over 100 million profiles at hot sites such as Passion.com and FastCupid.com represents enormous profit-making opportunities for webmasters just like you. With Friend Finder's ability to geo-target and provide billing solutions in most languages and currencies, you are sure to find our comprehensive network to be a good friend to your wallet. Get more traffic-maximizing details now at FriendFinder.com. Peggy Tomlin, President and CEO of the Ad Council. What are your hopes for growth and future? Seeing already, you know, a shift over to the Internet. In the last 12 months, we've had almost a half a million uh, YouTube views of our campaign. We're working with all of the great folks in the agency business that are mastering how you make a campaign interactive and relevant. It's not going to be a cookie-cutter approach. It's going to be different depending on the issue and depending on who the target audience is. The Hook. Live broadcast Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Advertising Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Wizards, rainmakers, rock stars, gorillas, and gurus. WebmasterRadio.fm. Come visit our magical Webmaster Wonderland. We got a mouse, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. First Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And welcome back to First Friends. I'm so excited to have Katrina McAuliffe on the program today. Katrina and I are our former colleagues here at Carmichael Lynch Spong, and her insight into consumers have literally been game-changing for my clients and many other clients across the country. She joins us today to share what companies need to understand about their target customers. Katrina, welcome Hi. to the program. Hi, Maria. It's nice to talk to you. It's so great to have you on the show. I've been wanting to have you on for the longest time because I think this topic is so fundamental to what companies need to be doing these days to really um, be able to move the needle on their business. I mean, customers are becoming more and more savvy and more and more hip to the messages that they're bombarded by every single day. Can we start off a little bit, though, by just laying the basic ground rules of 
what is brand planning, what is consumer segmentation, so that we're not throwing around words that listeners may not understand. Sure, Maria, and I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges for marketers today is actually just breaking through the clutter. There are so many messages out there at any one time that it's really important to, to be able to not only break through, but to break through with the right message in a, in a really relevant way. Um, brand planning, actually, as a discipline, started off in the United Kingdom about um, 30 years ago now and came over to the States through an agency called Chiat Day about in the mid mid to late 1980s. And what it's really about is it's about the application of consumer understanding and insight, using it proactively to help generate and develop ideas um, that effectively communicate with, cus- with consumers. And when we talk about effective communication, I think these days that means two things. That means, one, you've got to engage them. You've got to disrupt what they're doing and, and engage, um, get them to engage with you. Communications is all about a two-way street these days and not a, a one-way street as it probably was in the, the 50s. And then once you've engaged them, you've got to make sure that you actually have the right message to talk to them about, which ultimately is going to encourage attitude and ultimately behavior change um, in some way or another. And so brand planning is, is really about knowing your consumer well enough that you can break through into their lifestyle, find the right message, and then cause that change. And then making sure that we're actually also being accountable for what we're doing. So as you mentioned in your introduction, Maria, it's actually about measurement of effect. It's actually about measurement of attitudes and behaviors, what actually happens in the marketplace. Clearly, we're all trying to generate sales, or more often than not, we're trying to generate sales or or, um, encourage a a change in, in behavior. We want to understand how we've done that, how we've actually achieved that in the marketplace and amongst whom. And really getting to understand that consumer is to, in order to communicate authentically with her, and right. consumer segmentation is something that you employ to really get down to the nitty-gritty of understanding her, right? That's absolutely right. So, uh, for instance, comes- we might, it's kind of interesting listening to, to you talking about your Enviro gal, you know, finding that attitude set that really links people, finding a common mindset that goes a little deeper than their age or, or their income level or where they live is really important to us in order to be able to, to talk to them relevantly. Yeah, and in fact, I, I know that a lot of times when I get in front of a client, and I know you have too, and you ask them, well, what is your, what is, who is your target for this product or service? And a lot of them say, well, you know, I'm really going after adults 25 to 54 and I, household income of 60 plus, but... You know, that's just really not good enough anymore. I mean, that's way too broad, way too general, and especially when it comes to consumers who are demanding personalized messages almost. So what what would you right. say and to if, a company? If you actually just think about yourself, you know, the, the letters that you're most – if you go to direct mail or, or you go to email blasts or you, or you go to something, it's an, it's an opt-in media. You can choose to, to – Throw that envelope straight in the bill and in the bin, or or delete that email when it hits your desk. If you need to, you you can just wipe it away. So it's actually a question of engaging people in a very in a very positive way, and kind of getting to say, "Wow, that's kind of worth a second look." You know, to to even be able to start the conversation, let alone once you get them into the conversation, you've then got to find something that's that's interesting and motivating for them to to read. I mean, I know that you know the junk mail that appears in my mailbox, half of it goes straight in the trash. In order to get to the nitty-gritty of who that consumer is, what kind of resources 
do people like you, Katrina, employ to get that type of information? There's really a ton of them, Maria. I mean, everything from, you mentioned iconoculture um, at the, the front end of your interview. Well, iconoculture is a really um, good place to go to look for leading trends. But there are also like bigger macro trends um, that come out of companies like Yankelovich and Ropa, who have been conducting big consumer studies over the years. Iconoculture is particularly interesting for looking at leading-edge trends. So there's a lot of those secondary data um, resource um, places that we go to. We also go to traditional primary and secondary research, but both qualitative and quantitative. For your listeners, you know, the difference between quantitative and qualitative is, is really qualitative. It helps us explain the whys why people are behaving in a certain way, whereas the quantitative counts how many people are uh, behaving in a certain way. There's also a plethora of um, newer web analytics um, that we can go to. Um, but there's really a, a booming um, industry, as we probably, probably most of your listeners are aware. You know, people love the web because you can measure everything. The problem is it's like, really trying to understand what you're measuring, but it's a huge source of information um, these days. Then there's also um, techniques that are drawn from anthropology, things like ethnographies and observations, um, really a very useful source of information. For instance, if you think about um, people who are buying wine will tell you one thing when you ask them questions. Uh, Some of them will tell you one thing when they're asking questions about how they choose wine. If you go watch them in a wine store and you actually go up and and have a chat with them just pretty informally in a wine store about why they picked up one rather than another, you'll actually find that label design, for instance, plays a much much larger role than potentially they would give it credit for um, if you had them in a traditional focus group, for instance. So ethnographies and observations are really important. We also use academics. There's a lot of work that goes on in a lot of the business schools and universities who spend a lot of time studying not only what people do but why people do it. There's experts. You know, a lot of those peer on radio shows like yours and a number of others, you know, who write for newspapers and uh, magazine articles and the specialist press. And there's also cultural observations, just kind of watching what's going on in the world, as well as talking to psychologists and and, and generally just digging around and rooting around for a lot of information. It's really a science, isn't it? I mean, when you, when you look at all the resources think, that are out there, I, don't know about science. Kind of what... I think it's kind of a combination of a science and an art mm-hmm. um, because a lot of it is about intuition and following a storyline. If you actually think about what makes the most successful communications, it's actually about effectively telling a story that really appeals to your audience. And it's about knowing your audience well enough that you can make the story appealing. So it's kind of this this evolving circle, as it were. And when you talk about really knowing your audience, I mean, obviously it's going beyond gender, age, household income, and ethnicity. What are some of the things that you think are enlightening to companies that you've worked with that they learn? I mean, is it hobbies, attitudes? What kind of things are of real value to a company to learn about their target consumer? I think it's actually a mixture of, of understanding attitudes and how they're reflected in behavior. I think uh, your EnviroGal, for instance, is a really interesting example of understanding your target through not only their attitudes but also their behaviors. For instance, if you actually ask a general question to people about, do you want to help the environment, it's kind of a shit yes answer. <laughs> Excuse mm-hmm. the language. Yeah, but exactly, like no duh, doesn't everybody? Duh. <laughs> Absolutely. And, of course, everybody wants to help the environment. But as you said, there's only some people who are willing to pay for it, and there's only some people who are willing to modify their behavior. And so it's really a question of understanding those attitudes 
and, and trying to tap into what are, what are the hot buttons. For instance, for older people, care for the environment is often about making a good life for their grandchildren, not destroying the planet. It's a very different set of motivations than perhaps if you go out and talk to some younger people about caring for the environment, where it's really about protecting themselves, protecting their own livelihood, making sure that, that their generation grows up in a, in a healthy and a, um, a sustainable environment. And there's a difference between environmental concern and sustainability, too. So understanding how that really translates into behavior. And I think that, you know, the automotive manufacturers, you mentioned Toyota, but, I mean, there's a lot of work being done, um, not only by Toyota, but by a lot of the American manufacturers, to try and understand, you know, where is the, where is the break point in this? How, when are people going to give up their SUVs as the price mm-hmm. of gas rises? And is that really environmental concern, or is that pocketbook concern? <laughs> or and a combination let's understand of what's exactly. driving that, and if you understand what's driving that, you're going to then be able to motivate change. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk to Katrina about some examples of companies that really do know their customers inside and out, and then also whether labels are helpful when we're talking about demographics and consumer segmentation. So stick around more when Purse Strings returns in just a minute. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Purse Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Hey, what are you reading? Revenue Magazine. It keeps me up to date on everything in performance marketing. Yeah, I get all my information online. (laughs) I don't see a computer next to your boogie board there. Well, I've got a regular magazine here. (laughs) Revenue Magazine is the only hard copy magazine that covers affiliate marketing techniques, search technologies, online fraud prevention, and interactive advertising, branding, and marketing. My magazine's got pictures. Revenue Magazine has everything for online marketers, affiliates, merchants, agencies, and networks. And you can read previous issues, blogs, and more at RevenueToday.com. Wow, mine's got a centerfold. Revenue Magazine, the performance marketing standard. For more information, go to RevenueToday.com. Can you believe how long it takes to order food here? Uh, Here we go. Excuse me. She's not even looking over here. Great service is hard to come by. Whether you're sitting in a bar, restaurant, or creating effective search advertising campaigns. Um, excuse me. I think we need to go somewhere else. It's easy to feel forgotten, especially when your advertising budget is on the line. LookSmart serves up to 400 million queries a day with a side of the best customer service in the online advertising industry. Hi, how are y'all doing today? What can I get you folks to eat? You were right. This place is so much better. LookSmart, premium and performance advertising solutions. Um, hello. Uh, Welcome to our website. Website traffic isn't about paying for clicks. Okay, so I guess we're going to wait until everyone shows up and then we'll... uh, um... It's about having the right content. So while you're searching for more traffic, the folks at InfoSearch Media are creating the content people are searching for. With InfoSearch Media, you can get more traffic for less money than PPC. So the next time you need to speak to your customers... Welcome to our website. They're already searching for you. InfoSearch Media. Get content that really clicks. Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn the ropes on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. First Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I'm joined today by Katrina McAuliffe, 
brand planner for many advertising agencies, and most recently here at Carmichael Lynch in Minneapolis, Katrina and I have been talking about why it's important to take a deep dive into your customer, learning as much as you can about her attitudes and how that's reflected in her behaviors. But I'm also interested in labels, Katrina. I've I've been I've had lots of people on the show who've talked about alpha moms and eco moms and the helicopter parent, and just last week I learned about gamma women. I'm sure these labels have their place, but what what's your perspective on labeling subsets of consumers? I think labels are great if they provide a quick, easy reference point for people to better understand what they're talking about, but I do think they're overused, I have to admit. I, I <laughs> But it, it gives people a quick shorthand. It gives them a quick, within their corporations, a way of identifying, a way of helping them understand exactly who they're talking to. Like on Porsche, we used to have an attitude and I'll target them with a thrill seekers and and, you know, that sums up very quickly kind of what we're talking, confident connoisseurs. You know, all these all these different targets, you know, if you give them a handle, if you give them a, a label, you can actually give them a quick handle that helps people understand what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But, it's but also I do think important. they're also open to misinterpretation, so yes. it's kind of a double exactly. And I was going to say that, you know, I think it's important that everyone understand what that label means. So if you're in a company, have a, having a complete understanding of what alphas are, for example, that there's no misinterpretation, the, the right hand knows what it means, and it's not different for the left hand, so to speak. Right. And I think the problem is too often there's kind of this misunderstanding and alpha becomes, yeah, well, they always want to be top dog, they want to be this, and they want to be that. And everybody takes their own translation of, of what that title really means. Well, I, I like labels, too, because I do think it is a, a quick shorthand for everyone to say, nod their heads and say, oh, yeah, I understand who that is. I get that. Right. But when it comes to companies that really, truly understand their their customers, Katrina, can you share some examples of companies you think it, think have really done a good job and have really taken that insight and leveraged it to their benefit? Yeah, I think, actually, it's an awful, it's like when I first started thinking about this, I found more examples of companies who hadn't done a very good job. <laughs> well, you, you know, can do the inverse, too, if you want. Who <laughs> were really messing up their mailing lists and sending me, you know, hearing aid um, recommendations, and, and, you know, they just really hadn't done their homework properly about our household composition and, and you know new babies when we haven't had a new baby for the last seven or eight years. So anyway, some of those things just kind of irritate you, particularly, I have to say, particularly if you're already an existing customer because there's really no excuse for not cleaning your mailing list and not cleaning your email list with all the technology and and everything else we have today. But I think, you know, if I think about some companies who I do think are doing a good job, I think one that, you know, a lot of women are very familiar with is, you know, is the Dove example and the fact that they moved from supermodels to to real women. And uh, if you go on their website, there's some very cool examples, I think, of some things that they're doing incredibly well to really talk to, to young women. I think um, Kimberly Clark and uh, some of the uh, sanitary protection people, type Tampax, are doing a really good job, um, particularly with teenage. I have teenage girls, and I, I kind of notice the quality of communications that's coming into those girls and, and some of the things that they're talking about in terms of educating those teenage girls and feeding their curiosity, but in a very responsible manner, I would say. I think Gardasil is still running a very interesting campaign at the moment in terms of the immunization program that they're, they're trying to adopt. And I, I think what's interesting is whether, you know, and there's rights or wrongs about that immunization program, but I think the way they're tackling those issues and how they're communicating, personally, I've been pretty impressed with what they've been doing. You mentioned Schwab, and I, I 
think that's a good example of a company that knows its customers and uh, follows through um, in a very successful way. One that you and I are actually both familiar with, Maria, is uh, Harley-Davidson. I think some of their women's programs have been awesome. You mentioned African-American women earlier, but I think Harley-Davidson, you know, which has generically been a very um, masculine brand, I think has made huge inroads into uh, talking to women, understanding women, teaching women how to ride, where to ride, having special events for women to learn to ride, garage parties, Done done a lot of work in terms of furthering that knowledge and addressing those very specific needs. Fabulous example, and and one that its roots go back to its very beginnings as being women centric. It's just that they've kind of evolved over the years of what that means. I mean, I just right. I mean, did you ever? I, I think um, we've discussed this in the past, but we actually found a, a picture very early on of, of you know Harley Davidson writers. Fifty years ago, ago, there was a group of women's writers. And uh, they used to write together regularly. And we found this awesome picture. So they've always been there for women. It's just as women have stepped up to the plate and wanted the challenge of writing more in recent years, they've actually very deliberately gone out and and set up, like, specific writer's edge classes for women. They actually do garage parties just for women so that there's no need to go and feel insecure in a mixed Mm -hmm. class. You can actually go and ride and learn with other women. And it's been hugely successful for them. They now attract more female riders than any other motorcycle company. Yeah. And, and I more think it's an ex- female riders overall than they've ever done historically. Yeah, and, they, and they've had to work at it. And it's obviously true, though, that they just haven't taken that consumer insight and just set on it. They've evolved it. They've gathered more insight, and they've evolved their programs as a result of that insight, which leads me to right. my next question. Right, and they've question. understood that the consumer of women are very different from those of men when they first start to ride. And, you know, what was the barriers to women learning to ride was this fear of being laughed at and, and fear of being alone. And, and they really wanted to bond with other women who actually wanted to go out and, and ride for themselves. Certainly. How often should consumer insight be refreshed, Katrina? I mean, it's not good enough just to collect it and think that that's the end of it. I mean, obviously it needs to be done from time to time. What is kind of a rule of thumb? Um, I think that that's kind of a tough one, and it does depend on the market and what's going on. I think, people, women, you need to go out and you need to understand the cultural environment of what's going on. Um, I think the core strategic idea you probably need to go out and validate. You need to monitor what's happening in the marketplace on a six-monthly or an annual basis, and you need to go in and just check that probably annually. How you execute that core strategic idea, though, you might need to go in a little more frequently. So particularly if you're a fashion company, clearly you have you know changes in season, changes in color, that you do need to modify and see how those are going. So perhaps quarterly for something like that. But for a brand like Harley-Davidson, probably once a year, once every couple of years, because things aren't changing as rapidly there. But they are changing some, and you need to stay on top of it because you might have to course correct. Absolutely, yeah. But I think it's more to do with how you execute that you need to go in and change rather than the main strategic idea. One of the things that's made brands like Harley-Davidson so successful is their core values have actually remained the same, and they don't flip-flop as a brand. They keep themselves current in terms of how they, how they dress their core promise. But 
the, the core values of the brand do stay consistent over time. Exactly. You have to be true to your to your DNA, and right. you can't you can't flip flop as you say. You just have to kind of adjust and tweak and fine tune and and make sure those messages are on cue based on what your target is looking for. But Katrina, thank you so much for joining me today. I think great information on why companies need to invest in learning more about their customers and the advantages to that in the long run. So thank you. Thanks a lot, Marie. Really appreciate it being, being with you. Yeah, it's been great. And, Rich, thanks so much for um, producing the show today. You stepped in for George and did a great job. Joining me next Tuesday, I am going to be talking to Marie Claire's Vice President and Publisher, Susan Plagman. She's going to be talking about the magazine's new study on women's attitudes called All Access Women. It was conducted in conjunction with Unity Marketing, and the results provide powerful consumer insights into the psychology of women, her values, priorities, and how her value system is influencing her as a consumer. So join me next week for my interview with Marie Claire. Until then, thanks so much for joining me today. Make it a great one.